someone intervened. With whipped materials from his hands and swatting over the head like a dog, Mr. Lerner stopped hissing on the sofa. Even though he'd now spent a goodly portion of his life in the city be the black sun, there were still supposed to be rules. There were still meant to be limits. It was in testing those limits that he had first proposed his plan. The man in the gray and his right-hand man, a woman named Betsy Overby, had called an all-hands meeting to discuss what was to be done about the outliers. Clearly, the people outside McRae's fortified keep could no longer be trusted to keep themselves to themselves. Jason wanted to do something. He'd been wanting to do something for a long time. But he needed some parameters within which he would need to operate. The rules he would need to follow so no one would know exactly, precisely, just how fucking crazy he knew himself to be. So he threw out an idea he knew would never be approved. It was approved. But even so, even still, Jason was positive that something would act to stop him and the others. There had to be an opposite equal force that would rise and neutralize them. Surely there was still a balance, right? But no one stopped him. No one stopped him. Jason surveys a sewer tube filled with 20 bodies. Exposed skulls glitter like freshly brushed teeth. Smoke from the explosives linger, mingling with the steam rising from guts like open to the air. Hey, Thomas, Gypsy calls. She holds up something wet and round that dangles from a red tether. I got my eye on you. She flings it at him. Thomas reacts with shock and sputtering outrage. He fixes his hair while the sewer tube echoes with gales of laughter from the two girls. No one is stopping her, Jason thinks. No one will stop me. His eyes glitter with imagination and anticipation. He wonders what he won't be stopped from doing next. The way Jason sees it, he has a lot of really interesting opportunities to look forward to. But the reverie has to wait, for just then Gypsy calls again. She's squatting over one of the bodies, a boy who was about their age before the bombs. The quartet gather around the corpse, seeing nothing of themselves in their victim. Gypsy's hand displays the dead boy's necklace. Well. Calling it a necklace seems a little like a stretch. It's a shoelace, only that. But the shoelace is knotted around a brilliantly white, brilliantly sharp tooth. From a shark, you think? Gypsy suggests. Doesn't seem big enough. Thomas objects. It's a crocodile tooth. Jason interrupts. I've heard stories. The people who first set up shop down here they create a god for themselves. 
old King Croc, they call him. That tooth, that's his sign. I guess we killed some of his devout. What horseshit, Thomas sneered as he stood back. Jason tended to agree, especially now. Nothing had stopped him, not even old King Croc. When he first heard the stories, well, okay, in point of fact, he had laughed at it too. But he'd been surrounded by other people at the time, all liking their disdain. And even as he joined the mockery and ridicule, Jason's mind ran rampant, God of the sewer. How he ached to believe. Let's get going, he says now. The girls are arguing over the tooth. Gypsy got a hand on the tooth itself, while Miranda's got a string, yanking it back and forth. Mine! No, mine! There's suddenly a cry. Jason pauses his fantasy of both women sprawled in the sewer their skulls caved in. What's the problem? He asks. The fucking tooth cut me! Gypsy complains. She holds up her hand, displaying a thin crimson stream, which seems all the bolder in the dirt and dark of the sewer. Here, take the fucking thing, she snaps Miranda, lobbing the necklace towards her. Plip, plop. Blood droplets season the shallow water surface. The necklace vanishes. Both girls groan while Thomas howls. After all that, he laughs. Gone. <laughs> After all that. Jason ignores them all and instead focuses on the water. The blood has dissipated into the murk, but he cannot shake the memory of the image. Some part of some half-forgotten story nags at him, and there is something wrong with the surface of the water, something he cannot identify. I think we should go, he says. No one hears. The girls put aside their grievances and instead direct their collective energy entirely towards Thomas, who has not stopped laughing even as he backs away from them. The ripples in the water quicken. The ripples in the water quicken. That's it, Jason realizes. The tooth and the blood should only have caused a small ripple that ended almost as soon as it began. Instead, the water pulses. Three words appear unbidden into Jason's head. The words are, all his children. Before Jason could even begin to think about what these words mean, they are spoken out loud. All his children. Everything stops. All four look at one another. Jason looks down. The corpse's eyes are open. A shard of glass protrudes. His throat is pulped meat. Yet the throat still works up and down. The voice escapes. begins to say, only to be interrupted by the bodies surging to their feet. Loose bits slough from open wounds, 
but that does not stop them as they seize his arms, his shoulders, as they grab his ears and face and begin to twist, to pull, to bite. What? He screams. What? What? The dead have good grip on his head now. And my God, the dead are strong. So hideously strong. Words fail upon his lips as the dead tear the scalp from his skull. Go! Gypsy is screaming. Go! Go! But Miranda can't go. She's riveted to the spot. Only when the dead lay their cold, cold hands on her legs, only then does she think to move, to try to run. But the dead have her now. They hold her by her left leg and they seize her by the right. And then they begin to pull. She's still alive for a moment after she begins to split in half. For only a moment. The dead pause to examine their work. The fearful intelligence that moves them seems satisfied with the result so far. As one, the dead raise their eyes to the empty space left after the other two fled. The dead begin to move again. It's obvious to Jason what he needs to do. He's sitting still and calm while Gypsy paces back and forth. The duo fled for longer than either could keep track, but no matter where they ran or how hard they went, there was no escape in the sewer. And whenever they paused for longer than a moment, they would begin to hear the slap of wet, approaching feet. At last they came into a chamber where appeared a large number of people had made camp. Tables, chairs, beds, and various other etceteras were laid out like a gift. Gypsy and Jason quickly used the materials to block the entryways the dead might try to use. Hours later, the dead were still right outside the barricades. They were not grasping or pulling at the barriers, which they could easily take it down with only the slightest efforts. Instead, they sat just outside, unblinking and unmoving. What are they waiting for? Gypsy demands, not for the first time. What do they want? They don't want anything, Jason says. Whatever it is that's controlling them, it wants us here and it wants us scared. Sooner or later, we'll either panic and try to run and they'll kill us, or we'll stay in here and die anyway. Dehydration, starvation, take your pick. It won't come to that, Gypsy insists. We'll figure something else out. But the truth is, Jason already has things figured out. Our boy here has a mind that's always working. The whole time they've been shut up here, all his faculties have been working overdrive on a single problem. 
the matter of what to do with Gypsy. Because he, Jason, is going to survive. He's convinced of that. Like all sociopaths, Jason possessed by the certainty that he, and he alone, is a real person. The world does not exist without him, so he must continue to exist. But Gypsy? She's at best an expendable asset. Best he make use of her. Look, he says to her, Thomas and Miranda are up there now. Gypsy joins him and peeks through the gap in their fortification. Jason wasn't lying. Thomas is out there, a screaming wound where the top of his head should be. Miranda is out there, one half of her body embracing the other. Oh, God, Gypsy says. Oh, God, why is this happening? Brock, Jason says. You see, I figured it out. All his children. It's a phrase the sewer tribe used to say. Do not mourn those who have become lost or fallen in the dark. For they are old King Crocs now. And they are all his children. And he loves all his children. I told you that tooth was his sigil. You spill blood on it, then offer it back to the water. He basically fed a god an energy drink. No, she mumbles. No, I... I didn't mean... I, I didn't know. It's all right, Jason says. It's okay. You can make it right. You can make it better. You can fix things. How? She cries. Tell me how. By helping me escape, Jason says. She stares at him, confused. What do you expect me to do? Fight off a whole sewer full of zombies? No, 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 Jason says. But you'll make great bait. The knife is out and in before Gypsy realizes anything has happened. He buries the knife deep into her knee. Gypsy screams and wails, dragging herself away from him. Fire wraps around her leg, infecting every inch of her. She pulls herself through a puddle, which does nothing to temper the agony. Keep going, Jason calls, cheerful. Make sure they know exactly where to find you. Gypsy tries to stifle her agony, but it's too much too white-hot pure. Moans and mewlings leak through her lips. It's okay, Gypsy, Jason calls. It'll all be over soon. He removes a piece from the barricade. Strange. Somehow the view is obscure now. He stoops and squints. It's completely dark, almost as if the view has been... It clicks for him a half second before the huge scaly arm bursts through the barricade. The barricade collapses before old King Croc like a curtain's unveiling. He is flanked by the dead and by the lost ones that he has claimed. These are marked by the scales poking from beneath human skin 
by the claws, the big fingers, by the mismatched eyes and sunken skulls, and by the razor teeth held fast by mouths in which they do not quite fit. Jason squirms in Croc's grip, clawing with the huge hands holding him by the throat. But then he stops. He relaxes. No, no, this is right. This is how things are meant to be. When he looks back to Croc, there is something like love in Jason's eyes. I always wanted to believe, he says. Thank you. Croc smiles. His smile extends a long way. You're welcome, the god replies. And then he wraps his entire jaw around Jason's entire head and bites. The rest of Jason slumps to the ground with a thud and a slap. Old King Croc spits up the meat and steps over the corpse. Through all this, Gypsy has been crawling across the chamber to one of the other barricades. Sweat thick on her brow, agony coursing from her knee, she attempts to wrest the barricade away. Her hands are shaking, her fingers are slick, she cannot get a grip. The dead sees her legs and pole, drawing fresh screams of pain. The dead do not care. They haul her bleeding and screaming and crying across the chamber to where old King Croc awaits. I'm sorry, she gasps. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The crocodile god tilts his head this way, then that, studying her. I'm lost, Gypsy blurts. That's, that's your whole thing, right? Like Jason said, the lost are all your children, aren't we? Yes, comes the rumble from his mouth. And you, you love all your children, right? Yes. He leans forward. Gypsy sees something like humor in the predator's eyes. Is that what you want, child? To be one of mine? Yes, she insists. Old King Croc steps back. She looks from him to the exit and then back. The dead stand slack. I 
can't walk, Gypsy says. I can fix that, the god says. He does not move or even gesture, but there is suddenly in her stomach an intense cramping, as if all her guts have chosen this moment to seize. Ow! What's... Ow! She braces her hands on the sewer ground and heaves. Something thick works its way up her throat. Gypsy heaves again, and this time her vision goes foggy. She sees a long, quivering tunnel with a dim light at the end, but then it fades and she goes back into herself. What? What? Only then she heaves again, and this time the tunnel lingers longer she feels herself climbing even further. What is... No. Oh God. Wait. She never finishes that thought. For then the snake in her throat has climbed too far. Her eyes roll over white at the same time that the film slides off the snake's own. Inch by inch, the snake pulls itself free. Gypsy's body collapsing behind it. An empty sack, a disused skin. Old King Croc watches as the snake slithers away. The girl will either make peace with her new life, or go completely insane and lose herself to the animal mind. He will love her either way, for he does love all his children. Old King Croc sends the dead back to rest, save for Thomas, Miranda, and Jason. These he grants to his chosen disciples, who at once begin leading the corpses away to the secret places where a meal can be savored. And then, at last, there is silence in the sewers. Hey everybody, welcome back to Black Sun Dispatches. My name is Brandon Foley and I write, produce, and perform the show. You can follow the show on Twitter at Black Sun Show for news, updates, and story hints. You can follow me on Twitter at the true Brandon F for just, you know, various other tomfoolery. Black Sun Dispatches is part of the Cinepunks Podcast Network, so please check out all the other cool Cinepunks programming. Not to mention all the other cool writing that is available on the Cinepunks website. There's just great stuff for pretty much everybody of, you know, there's something for a nerd of every stripe. <laughs> all Cinepunks programming, including this show, is sponsored by Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. Uh, so please hit them up next time you need any kind of cool clothing. They do a great job. I have a number of items from them, myself personally. So they get the full, fully guarantee for whatever that's worth. If you like the show, please rate and view us, and please get the word out to your friends, your family, to whoever you think might be interested in this podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Tune in a couple weeks for another brand new episode, and we'll just keep trucking along with Season 3. The Civil War story that we're telling right now is going to go some really, really cool places, so you're not going to want to miss an episode. Alright, thanks everybody. Have a good day.
いっぱい。